Good morning, wonderful people. Welcome to my channel, Rahu and Ketu, Part Fifteen, I think. Okay, so personal note first: the human being is an extremely complex being, <clears throat> mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it put together. Your soul's path, everything—it's a highly complex being. Why I'm saying this? because you can't simplify complexity and try to have a reductionist approach and try to make everything simplify 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 you can't do that beyond a certain point it gets ridiculous a complex thing is complex so you have to unpack it one piece at a time we are like a complex jigsaw puzzle each one of us each of the 8 billion people so to unpack this requires a systematic unpacking you're trying to understand it by taking it apart piece by piece by piece that's what astrology is about that's what vedic astrology is about that's what rahu ketu is also about okay that's why i'm taking it out one piece at a time because you have to understand it this way only then you can understand the picture in its complexity first try to understand complexity in baby steps in simple steps in doable steps this is like studying your normal education right if you're going to school if you're going to college you can't directly jump from fifth standard and go to engineering college degree you won't know anything that is required in between we are covering the ground one step at a time one pada at a time one nakshatra at a time one zodiac at a time and seeing what it could possibly bring you get it okay so now we are in aries libra axis okay we go to chitra nakshatra in this one we'll be exploring that chitra nakshatra is about creativity it's a highly creative energy most of the popular hollywood bollywood stars have chitra nakshatra chitra nakshatra is about fame and popularity singers actors musicians they're highly creative beings and rahu being here you got to see where the mars sorry where the venus is placed chitra is in libra dispositor being venus so you see where the venus is placed and rahu will want to bring that creativity okay on the other hand ketu goes swings in Ash, between ashwini and revati okay between aries and pisces so it's a gandanta point when ketu transits the gandanta point there is some transformational aspect left from the past life ketu is past life wisdom coming into this lifetime so it will want to use that some past life wisdom and transform it and bring it this lifetime around ironical isn't it you are talking about popular actors and actresses they are solving some very big time karma from their past life how about that right okay let's get into it let's begin the studies for the day So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu, as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, what is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon, formed by the virtual points, which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the Earth and orbit of the Earth around the Sun. So basically, if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah. So these. two intersection points are called the north node and the south node they are virtual nodes although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute so who is rahu the symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe right this is typically how it is portrayed in western astrology so i'm using the same symbol here 
Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay? So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way. It is not a planet. It's a virtual node. But it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant and less insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab onto everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything, but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp onto everything, thinking, oh, I want this, or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situations, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Moksha Karaka. Now, this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now, we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now, here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Suvada. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay. The North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay. Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this.
Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion, and delusion. This is the downside. Now, how this plays out and why we'll have to see individually in the charts. We will still see that. Okay. Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis, okay? There you are. So you see it as an axis, okay? 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses. It can play out in 1, 7, 2, 8, 3, 9, 4, 10, etc, etc. We will see that later. But this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life, in your different houses, are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see. Okay, to stand opposite to each other. So if it plays out in second house, it detaches itself from the eighth house. If Rahu is in second house, it, Ketu will be in the eighth house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here. Second house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition and what's the story on this. Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay. The solar or the dispositor means since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own. Remember, it's a virtual node. It is not a planet. They both do not have any planetary characteristic individually. So they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in. Suppose Mercury is in the third house. Okay. And Rahu sits in the house of Mercury somewhere else. So it will borrow the attributes of Mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever Rahu is sitting in. Got it? Nakshatras. Since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own, Individually, they take on the shade of personality. Nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality. It's coloring of a personality. It's seeing the world through different colored glasses. That they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities. So Rahu and Ketu do two things at the same time. At the solar level, it goes with the dispositor. That is all of the planets, physical planets. Mercury, Mars, Venus, Sun, Moon, so on. 
So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu sits in Cancer, it will you have to look for where Moon is sitting, which house, and what it is doing there, and even the Moon nakshatra. If it is sitting in Leo, Rahu in Leo, that means it will you have to look for where Sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house. So it will bring those attributes. That's the way you have to analyze this. Okay. Let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why. Now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating Rahu and Ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self-development to understand where they are coming from. If you are not interested in changing yourself, this entire channel is useless for you. But if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life, where do I need to go, what are my talents and you question these kinds of things, excuse the noise somebody is drilling about. So, then you need to understand these aspects. Now that's the typical chart, Indian chart. And house numbers are depicted as 1, 2, 3, 4, up till 12. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is there. And I have stuck Rahu Ketu as possible axis on the 1, 7. That is Aries and Libra, that is the top and the bottom. So either it can go to house number 1 or 7. Rahu Ketu can be reversed, it's okay, it doesn't matter. Or in 4 and 10. Now 1, 4, 7 and 10 in Vedic Astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life, throughout life. So these become crucial. Why? The 1, 7 axis effects, if Rahu and Ketu fall on there, has a direct effect on yourself and other concept. 1 and 7 is self and other. How you re relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others including the spouse because 7th house is the house of the spouse but also others. So how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others. So it defines who you are in a very broad sense. One seven axis of Rahu Ketu. The 410 on the other hand, 4th house being the house of the mother, 10th being father, 4th being home, 10th being career. You see this has a, you know all kinds of implications which define who you are. The 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career, right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So heart and home is affected by this Rahu Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the fourth, Ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa. Same way with one and seven. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now what about the rest of the houses? Now rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona in Sanskrit, right? These are the things that come and go in your life. Let it be second house, third house, fifth house, sixth, eighth, ninth, eleventh, and twelfth. These are the things that come and go in our life, through life, through your entire life. These are things that are added into, subtracted from us. But this is not us. One, four, seven, and ten is us. Everything else is secondary, which revolves around you as life comes and goes. All other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life. That's all it is. They are less significant in terms of Rahu and Ketu when compared to 1, 7, 4 and 10 axis of Rahu and Ketu. Please remember this. When you are evaluating, you just have more propensity towards one 
पार्ट ऑफ लाइफ एंड लेस टूवर्ड्स अदर्स राहू इज अटैचमेंट केतु इज डिटैचमेंट राहू इज एक्सपेंशन केतु इज रिडक्शन एंड दे स्टैंड ऑपोजिट टू इच अदर ऑल दिस राइट नाउ लेट्स टेक द केसेस वन बाय वन सो दे यू हैव इट स्टार्टिंग विद द फोर्थ पदा ऑफ चित्रा this axis rahu is in the fourth pada of chitra and it is going through and it is ketu is in ashwini ashwini is an initiator ashwini is the one who's got the mars power and this is, we have stuck ketu in here so ketu makes it this person detached from their initiating capability they need to bring that initiating capability in order to accomplish what ketu has to bring in its power to accomplish the rahu the body needs to meet the head so Rahu in here will do very well depending upon what it wants to accomplish. In Chitra, what does it want to accomplish? It is all about opportunity, creation of physical beauty, architecture, harvest. They are very success-driven. Their theme is of overcoming negativity through effort, growth, sustaining and creating balance of spirituality and materialism. Big one. They are very active. active socially they have a active social life they are attractive physically actors and actresses hollywood bollywood just like i said they are amiable with people they have lots of sexual energy intense and frustration they could be bordering on arrogance or narcissism especially well narcissism is spoken of much right my narcissistic ex or whatever it is what is narcissism about if rahu is stuck in the first house ascendant If Rahu goes there and it comes in Rakshasa Gana Nakshatras like Chitra, it can become very narcissistic in approach. It can become very, very egotistical narcissism. I mean myself all the time. Okay, that's all there is to narcissism. Okay, so in first pada, in fourth pada, Chitra does very well. Rahu in general in Chitra will do very well because it's all about external affairs, materializing success, and Rahu loves that. but it will do so in an unconventional manner that's what rahu is about now let's see the second step the third pada now in the third pada we are still in the aries libra axis as you can see there going from chitra to ashwini ashwini ketu is stuck in ashwini in the dharma pada and rahu is stuck in libra libra so here being libra being a kama sign it's about desire it's about fulfillment of desires it can be anything libra can be because it's a seventh sign of fulfillment of sexual desires librans are highly sexual in nature okay don't mistake them because there's a seventh house in the head sexually very highly driven people very active sexually and so they are all about meeting the other in a very intimate way so libra and libra from navamsha to natal makes these rahu very driven towards sexual desires having lots of partners these are the kind of actors and actresses that you see in media having tons of social of uh, extramarital affairs lots of affairs they just love it there's nothing wrong or right about it they just love having affairs okay and dharma aries to aries so it's a vargottama between natal and navamsha as well as ketu is also in the vargottama and this is in the very first pada of aries and the third pada of chitra meaning this person is as libran as they can get in the external world and as detached as initiators or as detached from aries 
as possible because Ketu is sitting there. What does this mean? What does this lead to? We need to always investigate what does this thing, kind of a thing lead towards, right? What can I see practically in life? What do you mean by all of this stuff? Okay. This means that the person needs to find out where the Mars is. We are speaking about Ketu for a minute here. So they need to find out where the Mars is because the dispositor is same in birth and Namamsha. And so is the case with Rahu going from Libra to Libra from Natal to Namamsha. So depending upon where Venus is placed and Mars is placed, that kind of a behavior from that kind of a house will bring into this person's life. And you got to see the axis as well. Like I said, if it's a 1-7 axis, it's very strongly sexual. If it's 4-10 axis, it is more success driven. Okay, 4-10 axis, Cancer Capricorn is more about home and the external world. So it will be driven in that axis. If it is something like 5 to 11, which is good in this case, if Rahu Ketu is in the 5 to 11 axis, it's between creativity and popularity, right? External world facing. 11th house is about social media. It's about popularity in the social world. 5 is where you bring it from. The start of creativity is the 5th house. Okay, got to think of it like that. Now let's see the second pada. See, in the second pada of Chitra, now we have transitioned the axis from Libra to Virgo. So now we are in the Virgo-Pisces axis. Remember what I spoke about Virgo-Pisces axis? This is the axis between completely being material in the material world, the sixth house, the work house, completely being in the daily work, the daily grind. And the opposite house, 12th house is for renunciation of it through material loss, through loss of health maybe this is what triggers spirituality remember that the pisces the 12th house so-called house of losses only when you detach yourself from materialism does one try to find the true meaning of things that's why pisces is the highest of moksha houses the 12th house in this case it goes from pisces to pisces and virgo to virgo so this is again a virgo tama of pisces and virgo that means this person will be as Virgonian and as practical and this Rahu does very well in this by the way because Rahu wants practical stuff. He's a bhoga karaka. He wants all the material good stuff of life. I want good food, good wine, good women, good men, all this stuff. And on the other hand, Ketu is detached from the wisdom that they have. Ketu in Pisces means this person is bringing a lot of wisdom from past life. This is a wise old soul. But that's what Ketu signifies here. So you got to see the dispositor Jupiter where it is placed, right? That Jupiterian knowledge now has to be brought into the real world to feed Rahu. The endless appetite of Rahu has to be fed by the wisdom of Ketu. Okay, try to interpret it like this. Let's see the last one now. Again, this is a Gandanta point. It's a transformational point. So it undergoes, makes a person radically change. They might be go, go from becoming the highest, most popular Hollywood actor to going and becoming renunciate and a Tibetan monk. Remember. Last one. In the final pada, the first pada of Chitra, that's the beginning of Chitra, we have stuck in Rahu there now. So we are talking about the axis of Leo Aquarius in the Navamsha, right? Kama to Dharma. 
what does this mean so in the beginning part they might be very grounded later on they might want to get more focused on popularity because chitra is a very material nakshatra it's a rakshas gana it wants material success we are not talking about spiritual fluff here this guy wants this man or woman wants popularity leo is about popularity see where the sun is placed rahu wants to behave like that sun whether you'll get popularity or not is quite another issue people crave lots of things how much of percentage of it do they actually manifest in their life don't believe all the laws of manifestation you know it's just bs then pisces going into aquarius jupiter moving into saturn means earlier part of life they will be have more wisdom focused on wisdom this ketu it will want to learn more stuff but as they go past 36 years of age they might want to come more into a grounded thing how do i benefit masses from this so here the ketu wisdom of how to handle masses how do i get that popularity for the greater good saturn is about greater good aquarius is about greater good of the masses it wants to achieve fame so the fame that rahu wants to achieve here is can only be fueled by the wisdom that it has gained from the past life as a popular person look as a soul you might have become a popular person in the previous life in whatever it is whatever life you are living now it wants to bring that wisdom in to gain that to fulfill that desire rahu ketu are energy is given to us to fulfill our desires on this material plane what does a soul require nothing you don't require anything you are fully fully eternal being of consciousness you don't require anything but you come to play in the earth field to do something that's what this game is about okay next we shall be doing hasta nakshatra so meanwhile take care be safe